Welcome to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is Michael. I'm here today with... Vlad. Austin. And Ariana. Nice to see everybody. Hello. Nice to be here. It is good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana's got a, a case of the giggles. We've, we've, uh, we've been giggling and having fun. Oh, like a voice lesson. All right, so yep. Today, we thought it would be nice to talk about deities. Uh, we, we put some fillers out on our social media feeds looking for questions and uh, ideas for content because we really want to make sure that we talk about things that are of relevance to you, the listener. Um, and so we're going to talk about deities today and really just you know how to work with them, how to know you're working with them, um, you know, and hopefully give people some information so that uh, you are better prepared when it comes to working with deities in your own path, should you choose to. <clears throat> so, who wants to start us off on on deities? Who would like to maybe talk a little bit about their personal experience? And I think, I guess, to start with, maybe we should go with, um, how did you know that that a deity had, had approached you? Was that an experience that you'd had? On my side... Yes, um, I feel like the the, uh, the deity, I work with Hecate, right? So the, it's not my first deity, but I think it's the mo most prominent one. Um, at first, uh, I just felt her presence. It was very interesting uh, how I felt it. Uh, I could not identify that it was her at the beginning, but it was her presence. Uh, and, and, and it felt almost at a physical level almost like uh, some sort of pressure or I don't want to use the word heaviness, but I think that's how can I, can I better describe it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, am I next? <laughs> yeah. Who, who else would like to, um, to share? Well, it's interesting because uh, when I started getting into witchcraft, I actually didn't want to work with a deity just because I came from that christian background i was like mm. ew god gross <laughs> so that's fair um but uh, trying to think how it kind of all started for me so i saw a statue of Kernunos, um and i was like oh that's interesting she means sexy Yes, Shut your mouth. <laughs> or sexy. as my sister likes to call him antler jesus <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, so I guess I quote-unquote started working with him. I don't really think I did, really. I mean, I guess I had, like, some experiences, but um, I, after I met Austin, he told me to start working with Hecate, and it was, like, after that, it's, like, I started noticing things more, and Hecate actually introduced me to Persephone, who is actually who I work with now. So do you, do you get a particular sense with Persephone, say, like, when you're going to do ritual work or when you do like a, like an, an evocation to her like I mean do, mm -hmm. you, do you feel that like physically like do you get like a different sensation yeah kind of like what Vlad said there's like that heaviness um but also like I said I started with Carnuno so it's like I kind of noticed things there mm -hmm. I noticed things a bit more with Hecate but like with Persephone it's like I get that visual of like this is what I want from mm -hmm. her okay. and stuff and it's like the communication is clearer with her more direct Austin, you've worked with uh, a few different deities over the years. Yes, I have. Um, of all the deities that you've worked with, I mean, which one right now really kind of stands out the most as far as, like, just, there's just no doubt you can feel this presence. Um, 
So I am also a Hecatine practitioner. We're all just going to talk about Hecate today, huh? Um, well, I'm, I'm a Hecatine practitioner. <laughs> um, and in our tradition, uh, Hecate represents so many things. But the spirit that's really been kind of rearing its head is actually Lucifer. Not the Christian Lucifer. Uh, Lucifer um, in the sense of the twin to Diana, the star goddess. Uh, Hecate, I, I am devoted to Hecate. Hecate is my patroness. She is the goddess I work with for pretty much everything. But <clears throat> uh, her presence is very distinct when when she's called. And everyone will generally have some sort of, I guess, generalized feel. Usually if I call her, it feels a little bit more heavy. If Mike calls her, uh, we, we have the eye of Hecate, like the eye of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sees. Um, um, and it's just a knowing. But how I know that it's Lucifer is because the first time he made his presence known, I was asked to do an evocation to him in one of our private coven rituals. And I did it, and the clouds cleared in the sky, and it was a big, bright, sunny day, and there was no doubt that the bringer of light, gnosis, and will was there. It was very, well, hello. You also see a lot of uh, blue light with him, too, mm -hmm. right? I do see a lot of blue light. Um, <clears throat> when Lucifer comes around, I see blue light, gold, and white is what Lucifer presents himself to me as um, when, when I see him around. I've worked with various deities. I mean, for 13 years I worked with the Morrigan, and there was no doubt with her. It was very much, here's your sword, here's your shield, figure it out. And most people who work with the Morrigan don't understand that when you start working with this energy, with this spirit, that she is a war goddess. She is going to cause chaos and destruction in your life, and you're either going to figure it out, or you're gonna you're gonna fall on the battlefield. And so, when people come in and they share their stories of, oh well, I just feel so warm and taken care of when she's around. I'm like, you are not working with the Morrigan. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. You are working with some spirit that is telling you it's the Morrigan. Just to make you feel like you have a little bit of clout. How about you, Mike? Well, I think you guys have, have kind of really covered that really well. I mean, I, I would, if there were anything I had to share at this point, it would really probably just be a repeat of what you've all shared. But Ariana did mention something a moment ago, though. She talked about, um, I want to say, like sign and communication that comes from the goddess that she's working with right now. And so, I mean, you know, maybe I, I could say, you know, to add to that, in that. And I usually, when I am working closely with uh, the goddess that I work with, and really, to be honest, even the other spirits that I work with regularly, you know, um, as far as communication is concerned, I've noticed that I tend to get physical sensations within my body. Like, and it's it's the oddest thing because when I'll I'll walk by my altar and I'll notice that say the like the liquor I give my goddess like liquor regularly. There's always a little bit of it, like a shot glass of something alcoholic on her altar. And I've noticed that when I walk past the altar, um, I'll get almost like this sensation in myself, like, I need a drink. You know, and it's like, I personally am like, I need a drink. 
you know, and and then I'll glance over at the altar and I'm like, oh God, your your alcohol is lower than I usually let it get. I'm so sorry, and I'll you know and I'll go and I'll refill that glass, you know. Um, and I have that that same thing happen in other ways. I notice that I get a very like physical communica- communication from my mm-hmm. spirits, you know, and that that's the first sign anyway. Would you think that would be simply because? Well, no, I think that's just deities in general. Deities are going to give you physical communication. Well, I do not agree entirely with that. The reason why, because I work with, uh, uh, it is not a deity. I I work with the spirit that is the spirit of Santa Muerte. Mm -hmm. And that spirit gives me physical sensations, too. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, for example, um, uh, uh, the sensation of wanting to smoke tobacco Mm -hmm. or wanting some sort of of, of tobacco to eat tobacco, Mm -hmm. you know, specifically with that, with, with that spirit. And I, I do believe and I do not recognize Santa Muerte as a god or a goddess, Mm -hmm. right? As a liminal spirit, right? But don't have any other experience with any any other, uh, uh, like, spirits outside of gods or goddesses that actually have given me a physical sensation. Okay. What what other signs, though? I mean, Ariana mentioned that she gets, it almost sounded kind of like, like a voice in the head. Right, like there's something that comes through. I'll sometimes get that, or it's just like, um, I want to say like images in my head. So like, usually she asks me for a red apple. She'll show me like it for offering specifically. She'll be like, I want a red apple. I want it specifically cut up in this amount of slices. I want it placed in this specific location. And I'm like, oh, okay. Different things like that. Has anybody noticed any other kind of, like, sign, I guess, or portent? Something that would be a communication from their spirits? Not gods necessarily, right? Because we all, all of us here in this room, we all work with well, other types of spirits I as well. Well, I brought up blue light with Austin, mm. because I started seeing, like, and this isn't in my mind, because, like, with uh, Persephone, it's kind of, like, in my head. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing, like, physically blue lights in different locations. And I'll kind of, like, put myself back in that position to see, like, was that a reflection? Just to kind of, you know, because... A healthy dose of skepticism is oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, we but, encourage skepticism. Yeah. Um, like, I'd be like, oh, nope, that's not a reflection. Like, I just randomly saw blue lights everywhere, and I was talking to somebody, and I was like, I thought it was Hades reaching out, because once again, I work with Persephone, so I just assumed blue light, possibly Hades. Um, but no, the more I've been um, also reaching out to Lucifer this month, like, I've noticed that correlation as well. I notice a physical change in the environment. Um, when Hecate is called, it gets heavier, darker, yeah. and depending on the epithet or the purpose, colder or hotter. And it's not just, oh, it's darker. It's a noticeable, like, when Gandalf is, Bilbo Baggins! Oh, like the room gets all shadowy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, it, and it will emanate from usually the person who is evoking I do agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it happens that way. Yeah. Um, but when, for example, when the matriarch of our coven calls uh, Diana, it is an overwhelming sense of comfort and, like, motherly love that sometimes almost moves me to tears, depending on what we're doing. Aww. Um, <laughs> when... 
when some of our other you made my crumb itch. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just being caring. I know. <laughs> um, if you can't tell, we're all members of the same coven. Once again. Yeah, we're 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 all family. Um, but like when one of our other members calls their deity uh, Gaia or Terra, it is almost like like a static almost charge that kind of goes through the room. Um, buzzy. It feels buzzy. It's very akin to fairy energy to me. Um, or wild. That that wild energy when you walk into a wild place that obviously has not been touched by man ever or has not been touched by man in a long time. Yeah. That's the type of energy that comes in with that. Well, I also want to add. So, um, um, I work with multiple gods. Not necessarily within the witchcraft tradition, right? Because I am um, I'm, I am Arawak, or Arawak Ataino, um, and I do work with Semis, that, that translation is basically gods. So we have multiple gods, and every time I do connect with my ancestors or I call upon one of those gods or deities, it feels very different depending on what I'm calling, right? For example, Austin was talking about, about Terra, Gaia, right? Uh, in my tradition, it's called Atabe. So every time I call her, it's completely different than Austin uh, depicts it. That doesn't make what Austin's saying wrong. Is that we have all a different sensation towards perception. gods or perception, yes, right? Uh, so to me, it, it, it's like the earth shakes. You know, that strength of not only destruction, but also creation. Okay, so now here's like a little bit of a different question. Okay, but something I think I'm sure that a lot of other people out there are wanting to know. What would you, based on your experience, what would you recommend uh, to attract the attention of a particular deity? No. No? <laughs> you wouldn't recommend uh, that? Um, <laughs> I, I agree with Ari partially in the sense that. They're a god or a goddess. They'll come when they want. You don't get to control that. If they so grace you <laughs> with the presence when you evoke them or invoke them, cool. Um, if you want to try to pull that energy of influence closer to you, one, you want to do some research. Because I can't tell you how many times in my experience with Morgan, I heard people talk about, oh, well, I just give her, like, glitter and sparklies, and I just, she just loves it. And I'm like, you have an altar to the fairies, because it's raw, bloody meat. Well, the Morgan does have a fairy aspect. She does have a fairy aspect, but it's a fairy aspect. It's not, it's not Tinker fucking Bell. Okay. <laughs> also, you mentioned plastic. If you work with um, a deity like Terra, Gaia, or, you know, one of the Earth goddesses. Any of the goddesses, yeah, really. Basically any of them. And you give them plastic or glitter, you're slapping them in the face. Because it's a microplastic. Yeah, you're saying, here, I know that you can't really, like, take care of this for thousands of years, but I think it's pretty. Well, my opinion on reaching out... Uh, 
through deities is shared with Aries and Austin. Um, obviously, if you're good, that doesn't not mean that you should not reach out if you feel some sort of connection. Oh, yeah, of course not. Right? Mm -hmm. That's not the case. But yes, you need to do your research. Obviously, why? You're not going to give Hecate uh, like Austin said, glitter and like Things like that, no. White powdered donuts. No. You have to know exactly no. what what the deity likes mm -hmm. and wants. Well, and you also want to go from like tradition as yes. well. Yes. What what traditionally was given to them. Because because <clears throat> if we go back and we actually research history with some of these gods, such as Hecate, um, there are because the, the Greeks and Romans, though they probably weren't the best people, um, they were very literate and they were very smart and academic they recorded things and so in the greek magical papyri and myths and histories and written accounts these are some of the original individuals who started building that connection and working with that energy and so back before we had technology and computers and cell phones and we actually had to work in a deeper connection with these spirits they were there and so when you tell someone, oh, well, the traditional offerings for Hecate are honeyed fish, full heads of garlic, um, or you go closer to Borboforba for her epithet of uh, the Numenia, the, the filth eater, and you're like, dirt, dust, trash. And they're like, what? Yes. But I give her red velvet cake with rainbow sprinkles. Yeah, I know, but that's a different case. You know why it's a different case? Because you already established a relationship with Hecate. You know, if you're trying to reach out to Hecate or any other god or goddess, you need you need to do your research, mm -hmm. be traditional, and obviously you do not ask nothing. You know, you what you're doing is doing an offering and honoring mm -hmm. that deity, right? You're not going to ask nothing once you establish a relationship with that mm -hmm. specific deity things change because probably you're going to be able to give them different things that are mo more to this time mm -hmm. well I think deities another thing too is like people hollywood unfortunately mm -hmm. you know i saw the movie thor i really like how loki looks i'm gonna work with loki because i like tom hiddleston that's like <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The granted loki would love that loki's like yeah bring me more followers <laughs> yeah, probably. um but i say if you want to reach out to a spirit you're building a relationship a spirit whether that's a goddess a god whatever it is you're building a relationship just like you would with another human being. Which means when you meet the person who you want to become friends with, you're not going to right out the gate be like, hey, can you pay my bills for me? Their response is going to be, I don't fucking know you. No. Um, <clears throat> you'll probably never see them again because they'll think you're crazy. Well, I think another good reason why, uh, you know, doing some research and getting to know the stories, uh, the lore and the information about these spirits, um, I think another reason that, that's very important for people to do that, in, and I'm, I'm thinking of an example I had actually just, just earlier today, where someone contacted me with um, a good degree of confusion over a dream that they had had, where they had what they believed was the appearance of one deity, but in the process of actually doing a little bit of digging, just surface 
kinds of research, they'd actually found that, that there were two possible deities that could be represented by this, this, this image or this thing that they had seen in this dream. And, you know, and, and that's why they were contacting me. They were basically like, hey, can you help me to decipher this at all? You know, um, and so I think that could be another reason because I, I, I do find more and more as we, we're becoming more widely aware of different pantheons, different cultural practices, different belief systems, these kinds of things around the world that, that we're noticing that there are spirits that do kind of overlap, mm-hmm. it would seem. You know, like I think every culture around the world is going to have like that dark destroyer goddess, mm-hmm. yes. kind, of a, kind of an archetypal spirit. You know, um, and, you know, and it can be, you know, I think, I think difficult at times mm-hmm. to be able to determine those energies. Well, and when we look at just history in general, we have those archetypes. Um, but with the new, the, the, the quote-unquote new age that has come around, you know, every person who picks up a crystal and a, and a, and a book is now a witch. And they work with five deities and they have 16 altars and... Gatekeeper, and I'm I'm just gonna. I, I, there, this is what really bugs me. When I hear someone say, "Well, I'm eclectic," I hear I have commitment issues to spirit. Because you, if your relationship with a with a deity is so superficial that you can jump ship because oh, well, this one's new and shiny. <laughs> the vending machine. Deity. Yeah, the vending machine deity. Then. Mm. <laughs> you're not working with a deity, in my opinion. You're working with an egregore. Yeah. Even though that egregore may actually have the appearance and the feel and the uh, mannerisms that you would expect from that, you're not working with that deity. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, uh, this happens a lot. You know why? This is at least my, my, my opinion on it. It's because people actually do not research or do not really get to know the deity they're working with, right? Yeah, they do so, a couple Google searches and that's that. Exactly. And and then they they feel like they are fitting in with that deity, right? But more they learn about it, they realize, oh, no, this is not for me. This mm-hmm. is not for me, right? So learn about the deity you're trying to make a connection with, you know? So you don't have any surprises. And believe me, you still will have surprises. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I have a question for everybody. Yeah. If a deity reaches out to you, do you have to work with them? No. 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 You, you have just as much right to say yes or no to that relationship mm-hmm. as they do. Mm-hmm. Now, I, having said that, I will say that there are some deities out there that you probably don't particularly want to persistent. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. If they've got some need, if they've approached you at all, there must be something kind of special about you. Mm-hmm. And they may not take that first no mm-hmm. for an answer. Um, and so you do need to be consistent with that. But beyond that, I also think that there's a really important process of like like personal reflection there. You know, like it's fair for you to sit down before maybe you deliver a hard no and actually ask yourself, like, why would this particular spirit reach out to me? What's what in my life on? is surrounding me with this energy? Exactly. Like, yes. where am I at in my life right now? Where am I, what, do I, what is it I'm valuing? What kind of decisions mm-hmm. am I making right now that would possibly be attracting this influence? Mm-hmm. Or where could I see the influence of this spirit taking me as things progress? Well, when when deities reach out to you, uh, there, there's always there's always this question that a lot of people ask. Well, how do I know? Well, how do I know if this deity is reaching out to me? And I mean, there are signs. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with Hecate. You know, I'm gonna talk about Hecate because she's the goddess that I work with the most. Um, she is most definitely um, 
kind of all-encompassing and from everyone who I've talked to who's legitimately working with Hecate, these are signs that are pretty freaking consistent. Um, uh, dogs, you'll notice that dogs are either more attracted to you or um, you're you're seeing a lot more dogs. And I'm not just saying, oh, <laughs> I saw my friend Shih Tzu. That must mean I work with Hecate. No, it's dogs making full-blown eye contact with you acknowledging your presence and then moving on with their lives. Yes. You know, I do um, agree. a lot of people will see shadows when Hecate has decided, okay, mortal, I'm, I'm cool with you. Um, and then that freaks people out because, you know, thank you to every paranormal investigator out there, shadow people. And you have these individuals who are just working, who, who think that, they need to be these big, elaborate signs like that. But a really very frequently, uh, a sign that is very frequent with Hecate that a lot of people don't really acknowledge is, I've always loved keys. Old skeleton looking keys. Yes. That's a very, that's a very like, yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Sign. And you know, there, it's not that she's the only goddess that is associated with keys, but when, Keys just, old skeleton keys just find their way to you, and you're like, I don't know where these came from. That's a pretty good sign. I mean, that those are just a few. Those are just a few cases. And so how to tell if it's reaching out is first, I wouldn't even say get a reading, because there are a lot of readers out there and psychics and practitioners who would paint your experience with their own thus making it seem like a particular deity is reaching out to you. Well, didn't someone actually say you had a demon attached to you, but it was actually Hecate? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I remember sitting down at, at this fair, and I don't get psychic readings a lot. As a reader, I'm like, eh, that's nice. If I needed a reading, I, I know who I can go to. But I sat down, and it was this old woman. I'm not going to name drop. <clears throat> not that she would walk, listen to this anyways. But, so... I sit down and she just looks at me. You have a shade attached to you. You have a shade. And I'm like, cool. That's not what I'm asking about. Um, I want to know if I should continue with this portion of my degree. You have a demon attached to you. I can't work with you. I can't talk to you. You need to, you need to go get a cleansing. And I'm like, what? And of course, what do I hear in my head? But, and, and this is another common thing you'll find with Hecate. It's like, a thousand whispers that are also screams. Yes. When her voice comes through, like, it, and it was just charlatan. And I was like, okay, well, bye. And then this one was like, you have to pay me. And I'm like, here's five bucks for telling me that I have a demon attached to me when I don't and not answering any of my questions. Goodbye, sir. Um, so, sir, what <laughs> happens? So when, when we, have these experiences as people we need to one make sure that we're not just thinking that everything that moves across our path is magical once again uh, just because a butterfly crosses your path doesn't mean that angels are trying to give you a sign and spirits are trying to talk to you sometimes that butterfly is just looking for some goddamn nectar that is true You're so noisy. I am. Yes, he's very nice. Austin is enjoying his soda while we're, while we're recording. Yes. So, sorry, I was hearing, the, hearing the noise. Well, that's uh, that's why. Um, <clears throat> it's only 
Who do you put her the noise on the recording and it's fine? No thought. <laughs> uh, whatever. Can you even think of, of anything that we haven't really addressed about deities? You know, I mean, this is a conversation that we've had before, all of us, and one, you know, that continues to be brought up again and again <clears throat> in different channels. And, you know, every time we have, you know, people come into the shop or people sit down with us as readers, you know, we engage with people through social media, okay. you know, and this does seem to be a subject that is a, a lot of, I mean, it's very important to a lot of people, you know, and it's also fair to, to remind people again that you do not have to work with deities. Yeah, uh, well, there are a lot of witches out there that believe if you don't work with any gods, you don't have any masters. Uh, it, that's not true. That's not true. In the beginning of my path as a witch, uh, I did not work with any deities. And, 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 and I think that I, I also need to say that when you are chosen or you decide to work with a deity, you know, you should not be afraid. You do not approach it yeah. with fear. You have to be understanding and like Michael said, you know, figure out what in, in, in what stage of your life you're at that this 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 energy, this deity is reaching out to you. How do you know if it is a deity and not a different type of spirit? Yeah. Well, that's a very good question. I don't know. I, I, again, I'd have to go back to some of the, the terms that we were using earlier, you know, where we were talking about, like, this sense of gravity or weight, mm -hmm. almost like, like a divine heaviness, almost, that kind of uh, comes into the room. Or, like, I mean, you know, just speaking personally, like, I know if I'm interacting with a deity, I, it just it feels quite a bit different. You know, it, it's like this very... Uh, this very powerful force that kind of just comes upon me, you know, and it's nothing that I necessarily need to be afraid of, yeah. you know, um, and again, we, we don't, you know, we don't honor, right? We don't live in fear. Um, you know, we don't, we don't live in that space, particularly when we're dealing with our deities, but, um, you know, but, but it is, there is a kind of a, a sense of reverence for that, yes. you know, um, yes. and, you know, with other spirits, I find that, you know, that, that is also there, but it's, it's not the same. It would be, like I would say akin to maybe like someone else that I really like a human person that I really loved and valued that, you know, all of a sudden kind of came into the room mm -hmm. or interacted with me. Right. It's, it's a little closer. It feels more human, which is an odd thing to say because they're not human, many of those spirits, but, but it's, it's definitely not on the same wavelength that you would find with a deity. Yeah. I think yeah. that, I think that intensity is completely different. Yeah. It, it, that's how I would describe it. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I describe it as the sense of awe. When you're working with... Uh, oh, wait. Awe. Awe. A-W-E. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Fire singing. Because <laughs> um, when you... When that energy is present, it's not just, oh, there's a presence and there's weight. It is, you could wipe me out without blinking or even caring, out of existence, and you've chosen to come and talk with me. Okay. Whereas, having done this for a while, if it were a different spirit that was putting on a guise, like, I'm a god, I'd be like, uh-huh, no more than me. Let's move on, sweetie. Yeah, another thing that I, I think that it, 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 it would be good to talk about, about deities, it's that every deity has a dark aspect. Mm -hmm. And everybody, not everybody, but there's a lot of people out there talking about, 
you know, how beautiful the gods or the deities are, this deity and that deity. And they all just focusing on, like, a really, like, benign superficial. or superficial or, like, it's all pure light. Uh, no, every, every deity or spirit, they all have a darker side. Some of them are, are almost sweet, purely dark side. And, you know, and again, to be clear, you know, in no way when we say dark side, are we referring to anything that would be evil? Dark, dark is not evil. Shadow is not evil. Yes. Um, but but a lot of these spirits, they're they're almost they live almost entirely within what we would consider like a dark dark side, kind of like yeah. And again, I'm thinking of a, of a, an incident that just happened within the last few days. We we had someone that we're all a little familiar with. Um, who is very much ingrained in the light worker, love and light, higher vibrational kinds of thinking that we see now with with false spiritual practices in the new age community. And, um, you know, and they're coming into the shop and they're looking for iconography and statuary for the goddess Sekhmet. You know, and it's like, it's like, I hope you are ready because if you are really trying to bring this particular kind of energy into your life, Sekhmet is going to chop you up into little pieces and eat you. Sekhmet won't even acknowledge not, them without the proper rituals and pylons. We're not ready for this. And so, yes, yeah, so to, to support what Vlad's saying, yeah, sometimes deities can have a particular aspect, and that is definitely something that we do need to take into account because that aspect usually is something that will then begin to kind of filter into our lives. I, th I think it is fair to say, and I'm sure all of, you, all of us will agree here, that you know, we when we work with deities, we also kind of engender, we also start to kind of take on an aspect of that energy. Yes, yes, uh, we do. Like, Persephone as well. She definitely has the you know lighter and darker side of things mm -hmm. as well, because yeah. she's the maiden goddess of spring, and then she's also queen of the underworld. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. it's like her name actually like translates to bringer of death or bringer of destruction. So it's like a lot of people, at least, because uh, depending on which tradition or um, history you look at, Hades wasn't even a thing till yeah. certain times, but. If they were dealing with Hades and Persephone, they'd be like, I want to deal with him because he's nicer. Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty strict and very like, mm-mm. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, yeah. She can be pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so we're talking about how different deities, all the deities have different aspects, right? Um, I'm no longer a member of any of these Facebook groups um, because... This is usually the post that makes me go, oh, they're all dumb. Okay, bye. Um, but I was in this group, and it was for Hecate. Um, and I was like, cool, sweet, you know, and there's some good stuff, there's some good stuff, there's some good stuff. And there are people like, so, like, is Odin connected to Hecate? Oh, those are different cultures. Oh, and then, and oh. then, and then... Well, Hecate and the Morrigan are basically just the same thing. They're the same goddess, it's just different cultures. And I'm like... No. So we have this idea with the more new age movement, um, particularly Wicca. <laughs> I can talk about this because of my initiations. Um, no, but because I have initiations. I'm no longer a practicing Wicca. I'm reformed. Um, <laughs> so, but... I think the term is lapsed. Lapsed. I'm a lapsed Wiccan. Oh my God, like a lapsed <laughs> Catholic. I finally made it, Ma. I finally made it. Um, but... You have this idea that, well, all gods and goddesses are both, are all one god or goddess. It's just different masks. Now, as a Hecatean practitioner, I do look at Hecate and I go, you are the oldest. Um, 
historically, anthropologically, you are the oldest. And I honestly do see how this has moved through culture to culture to culture, particularly from the Middle East into the Mediterranean. However, however, <laughs> Hecate and Brigid, not the same. They are not the same. They are not worshipped the same way. Just because Hecate is a torchbearer and Brigid is like, I have forge fires, does not mean that they are the same goddess. And so we have this idea in the New Age and with a lot of people coming around that, oh, well, it's just a name tag or it's just a hat. And really the only time I've ever really found that to be true is when I'm working with the Egyptian deities. Because while you have your basic comedic deities, depending on which hat or headdress they were wearing in the hieroglyphs was depending on what their evocations were and what they were ruling at that particular time. It's interesting you bring that up because also in history, um, just because, you know, unfortunately Christianity did its shenanigans, but a lot of people <laughs> made, <You> that, Christians. <laughs> made that, um, I guess, transition to worshiping saints, but they were still worshiping their deities, mm -hmm. even though Christianity did technically use the saints from pagan traditions. Mm -hmm. Many of them, yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of funny because I, I had someone talk with me this week. They were asking about... Um, if we would have an opportunity to do a podcast episode on uh, Judeo-Christian influences on paganistic practice and, you know, and witchcraft specifically, you know, and in sitting down and trying to figure out what that would look like, you know, as far as a conversation would be concerned, you know, it, it really, again, it once again became very clear that Judeo-Christian belief really hasn't had as much of an influence on witchcraft as witchcraft originally had on Judeo-Christian belief. Witchcraft was first paganism was first and so much of what was incorporated into christianity mm -hmm. catholicism the saints whatever it is even even down to like rituals like mm -hmm. you think that the sacrament was original to christianity like that that was something that they took straight from paganism not even the confessionary exactly not even oh yeah no you would confess to your to your tribe elders or your or your your high priest or high priestess, depending on which cult you were a part part of. Yes, you would. The, these are things. I mean, depending on the cult, you didn't necessarily need to confess unless you were bragging. Because some cults were like, "Yes, tell us all about your things." Brag. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, basically, like you know, it, it is it is more than fair to say it has been proven archaeologically. It has been proven anthropologically that paganism and the practices, spiritual practices that would be more in line with witchcraft, um, mm. you know, th these were things really that were, were very, very much, you know, co-opted and stolen and misappropriated by mm. the, the Abrahamic, uh, Abrahamic faiths around the world. Well, and one thing I do like to, to point out, with traditional witchcraft, um, we do not grovel to our deities. That's not something we do. We show respect, but we aren't begging and pleading and groveling. And a lot of the times in Christianity, you see that. It's it's groveling. It is, I have been so bad. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. That's why my life is horrible. That's why these bad things have happened to me is because I have, I have not been as Christ-like or as God-like like as possible. It's fear of living. It's fear of living. And, you know, I've... I've I've been called spirits bitch a couple of times. And all I can say to that is there's a difference between respecting my spirits, being able to respect that if Hecate goes, 
you should really think about doing this. Like, if I get that that feel from Hecate of, like, I want this and I need it done this way, one, I know that she has a purpose for it. She's not just going to be like, hey, I want you to wrap this crystal and put it on my altar just because yeah. I want to see it. Her name's Hecate, not Karen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's this idea that when you work with deities, you grovel. But then I've also seen the exact opposite. And, I mean, in traditional Italian witchcraft, you see this, where you threaten the deity. You know? And the thing is, the thing is, is these deities will look upon us if we're threatening them. And, like, going back to TikTok with the, the moon and the fae. I'm gonna cast the moon and the fae. First off, those deities and those spirits are like, cute. What? You know? Now, whereas in traditional Italian witchcraft, as per the Gospel of Aradia, we see things like the conjuration of the limbs and pins, where you are threatening the deity not to see something get done, but because you're asking the deity, Diana, to, you need signs. Let it be, let, let there be a rushing gale. Let there be hail when there is light. Let there be snow or rain or sleet, or else thou will never know peace, you know? What that is, is you're, you're threatening this deity and you're, the spirit with discontent, but this deity is looking at you like, cute. And the idea was that you were showing balls, essentially. Like, I am showing you that I'm willing to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you. Please don't kill me, but I want that. That's how bad I want this, is I am threatening a god. And that's a common practice. That was a common practice in st ancient Stagetia or Stagoneria um, and in other ancient magical practices. Well, I think I think you know we we touched upon this earlier in, in this episode. You know we when we approach these spirits, we very much want to do so in, in the same capacity that we would approach another human, yeah. right? To establish a relationship, and it will be a very different kind of relationship, obviously. But but you know, but we but in the process cool of doing that, we don't <laughs> want to approach these spirits with Miles. fear. We we do want to approach them with respect, but yes, respect and fear are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Well, I do have a question for everybody, right? Something general, but do you work with one, with more than one deity? Can can you work with more than one? Yes, you can work with more than one, and there are some practitioners who, who do that quite frequently. I mean. When you're Wiccan, you work with the Lord and the Lady, the Goddess and the God, the Sun and the Moon. But there are other practitioners, such as myself, where I acknowledge, like the other spirits in my tradition, I acknowledge Lucifer. Um, I, I'll talk to Lucifer. But the deity that I have a working relationship with, as well as a devotional relationship with, is Hecate. Can that change? Most definitely. But... That's not going to change anytime soon. And as far as I'm concerned, no matter what deity I'm working with, in, in the sense of uh, of following that vein of Hecate, it's going to be Hecate. And I'm not changing. And I'm not going to anyway. Yeah, I would agree with Austin. But for newer people who are just starting out working with deities, I would say just focus to on one. one. Do the research on one. Make that connection. You know, be respectful. Mm -hmm. 
don't once again don't do the whole vending machine deity thing of yeah. like oh this one's nice oh this one's yeah. nice yeah, oh this one's nice you, you know it's you're not making that connection for one hand mm-hmm. it's disrespectful and it's going to show all the other deities of like why should i work with you when you're just going to throw me in the garbage well it brings later. it brings an air of a, of of um, dis discommitment i don't know a lack of commitment. A lack of commitment. There we go. Yeah. My brain hurts. Um, words are hard. Words are hard. Well, I think it's it basically it comes down to anything that is worth having is going to require work mm-hmm. and dedication and discipline. And if you're really again cultivating a relationship with a particular spirit or god, that's going to take time. That's going to take dedication. How often do you meet somebody and, and they you know you have their full trust within a matter of hours? You don't. You know, um, and so you do. You you, you have to be. Dedicated mm-hmm. and disciplined in the way that you approach those things, but yeah, I would agree with Ariana. I think it's very important that if you're you're you know just really starting to get your feet wet with these kinds of spirits and deities, mm-hmm. that you do, you know, make the investment, make the commitment to, to really get to know one. Mm-hmm. I think, and then you know, and then see where that takes you. Because once you start that, really beyond that, you really do kind of fall into this almost like this organic. It's almost like an evolutionary process mm-hmm. at that point. Where yes, you're, it is. Well, and there are some there are some deities that are transitory, like the Morrigan. Um, for for most people, the Morrigan is going to be transitory. She's there to teach you some fucking lessons and then move on. But most of the time, with deities like Hecate or Diana or Hell, even or Hell, Hell, even they're they're pretty much there because there is a part of you that is part of them. Like it is most definitely that feeling of like. There is a shared connection there. And so when I see a lot of new practitioners and new witches going around, and like, well, I have an altar to this deity, and I work with this deity, and I work with this deity, and I work with this deity, and I did that. And I'm, how long have you been practicing? Six months? I'm telling you right now that those 10 deities that have decided to move into your house and into your life are not there. These are spirits that have been like, oh, this is a gullible little fucker. I'm going to jump it. And that's why a lot of practitioners, newer practitioners, when they have that many things, the energy is always chaotic around them. Even gods whose energy is innately chaotic doesn't feel like chaos. It's much more stable than that. All right. Let's segue to something else because I think we've, we've talked enough about deities for, for the moment. I want to talk a little bit about what we're loving in the in the uh, the world of witchcraft right now. You know, does anybody loving have any or hating or well, <laughs> loving yeah. loving us? Yeah, well, we, we 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 are loving us. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I'm loving us. Um, yeah, but I mean, does anybody is anybody reading anything lately that they're like that they're really kind of getting a lot of value from, or does anybody have any recommendations to make, or I don't know, where are you all feeling your witchcraft right now? Um, so I kind of mentioned it in the last podcast that we did, because I think you kind of brought this up, Austin, of doing, like, books for the next episode. Um, but I really love The Psychic Witch by Matt Aron, um, just because it's, like, it helped me as far as that, like, step-by-step, like, this is how you ground, this is how you do this. And it even actually talks about connecting with deities towards the end of that book. So it's a nice, like, here's where you start. And 
learning the basics helps you get to kind of this advanced mm-hmm. level. You know, and even for people who are already at that advanced stage, it's kind of a nice refresher. Yes. Um, just to being like, oh, yeah, crap, I forget to do this all the time, you know, or kind of a thing. Or like, oh, yeah, I should probably start this back up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and newer modern perspectives is mm-hmm. what I like about the Psychic Witch. Mm, that, but it's almost kind of like all-inclusive. Yeah. He, he doesn't really sway one or the other. And he even mentions that, too, being like, you know different traditions will possibly do it a different way. Mm-hmm. So he tries to format it in a way that's neutral so everyone can learn f- from this as well. Because I know a lot of books will be more Wiccan-based and not mm-hmm. everyone jives with mm-hmm. Wiccans. Well, that's that's something that I actually am really enjoying now in witchcraft, modern-day witchcraft, is that um, we have gone. We have now gone from the the fifties and the sixties, where things that were being published were esoteric and usually Wiccan in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, moved into the nineties, where we got some Wicca, and then we also got a little bit of the left hand path that kind of happened in there, Thelema, OTO, and now we've moved past all that. And more times than not, when I have customers come in the shop, they want books, and they always. I'm on, my first question is on Wicca or witchcraft, and they well witchcraft. And so having modern authors like Laura Tempest-Zakroff, Matt Aron, Devin Hunter, Storm Fairy Wolf, Chaz Bogan, oh God, who are, the, who are some of the other ones? There are a few others that I can't think of right now. Um, Keldon, uh, uh, Kristen Oropello, and Tara Love McGuire. Having these authors who are actually starting to write from a standpoint that is not Wiccan-based is so refreshing because that, most of them won't even tell you. I started with Wicca because that's what I had available. And that's my story too. So it helps me relate to them. So yeah, I started I started with my familial tradition. Grandparents died, went to Wicca because that's what was available. And now here I am, a lapsed Wiccan. I'm coining that term. <laughs> but yes, Laura Tempest-Sakharov, you mentioned her. She is also one of my favorite mm-hmm. authors. Mm-hmm. So anything she writes. Oh, and her down. art is so beautiful. Yes, I also love sigils and she has a book specifically on sigils. Um, so if oh, you I'm ever, gonna have to check that out. Yes, it is amazing. And so, if anyone wants to learn how to do sigils, sigil crafting, um, her book, I believe that's actually what it's called, is Sigil Sigil, sigil Witchery. Thank you. Um, and once again, it kind of goes through the ABCs of how to do sigils. So how to like, she actually starts with the history of it. So that might be a bit dry, but trust me, it's nice because she does history, how different cultures might use it, to. Um, I like to call it your own metaphysical dictionary. She kind of has something like that where she'll say, like, here's some symbols. This is what it might mean for me or typically generally. And then she gives, like, a spot where you can write in the book to being like, okay, what does an eyeball mean to me? Mm-hmm. What does a spiral mean to me? If the eye is open, if the eye is closed, does that change the meaning? Eyelashes. No eyelashes. Mean? Exactly. Number of eyelashes. That seems pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely going to check that yeah. out. And even past that, she even says, like, how you can target, how you can use it, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the different materials you can use. You on the beach, you have a stick, draw in the sand. Yep. Yep. We use what we have. Exactly. That's the way it is. Practicality is key. So, so those are a couple books. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, Vlad, what are you... I think you're you're on social media these days probably about as much as I am or close to it anyway. <laughs> what what are you noticing is trending in the witchcraft social media community, if you can call it that? 
Well, good, uh, good or bad. Okay. Well, things that I've that that, that I've noticed. Uh, I've noticed a few things. Uh, first of all, really, Austin. <laughs> Uh, we need more laughter and energy. It seems a little dead, guys. No, it's no, been a it's long not day. dead. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it, it, it's just being very uh, informative and, and, and knowledgeable. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you see what you did there? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been noticing a lot of... Uh... That was me. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> trying to... Trying to... <laughs> Sound effects for us again. Yes. So things that I've noticed uh, between different social medias is uh, people talking about dragons. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, dragon magic, right? Uh, not all of it uh, the right way. Mm. Right? Do they ever talk about things yes, the right way? Uh, dreaded misinformation. That, yeah. That's one. And the other thing that I've noticed is also... Uh, a lot of people talking about how can they uh, develop their psychic abilities, mm, okay. right? Uh, and 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 that is an interesting one. Well, I think we we have uh, plans to do a future podcast on just that alone. Yes, you know, and perhaps it would be good for us maybe to do an episode where we discuss dragons as well, because many people are very interested in those spirits. Oh my god, dragons! And, uh, and there is unfortunately a lot of misinformation. They are not allergic to poppy. Ugh. Uh, uh, yes, DJ Conway. I mean, um. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot, and uh, also a lot of people are uh, talking about, uh, you know, the difference between spells. At least uh, I've seen this a lot in in in, in my Instagram. Um, um, why would you not use a jar for you know every spell? Which I found very really valid. Because you don't use a jar for everything. Mm -hmm. You can't. Oh, my God. The, the obsession with jar spells. Which I think we kind of discussed last oh, year. Yeah, I think yeah, you guys have touched upon that, yeah. But well, I, one thing I'd like to, to bring up, because I found this very interesting, but it seems, at least based on a couple of things that hit me on TikTok over the last few days, that, that the Lightworker community has finally discovered the Demiurge. Really? I have had, I don't know... I've, I've seen a few videos. I've even had a couple of people ask me about the Demiurge. And I just, I think it's really funny that this is now kind of coming up within the new age, within the Lightworker community, and they are now talking about the Demiurge. And I'll just be completely frank. Lightworkers don't know a damn thing about the Demiurge. They couldn't because they're completely within the control of the Demiurge. There's no way they could possibly know what it is they're talking about. So um, and just, I just think it's very interesting. Once again, this to me is another example of this very ancient hermetic principle, this this belief that goes back pre-Christianity even, um, you know, that is now being, you know, talked about and, and made trendy by the lightworker community and something else that I'm sure that they will now also just try to, you know, claim as, as part of their personal philosophies, you know. And, and I know I shit all over lightworkers a lot. I'll be the first to admit it, but... But I've noticed there's a lot of talk and a lot of information going on now about the Demiurge. We'll have to talk about the Demiurge a little bit maybe in a future episode. Um, you know, but if you are looking at, or uh, those of you who are listening, if you are looking for reliable information on the Demiurge, then I, I would encourage you to actually look into Hermeticism. Um, that's going to give you reliable information, like information from the source, rather than the, these fluffy bunnies on social media who think they know what the hell they're talking about. 
So over light worker. Um, so since we're like really a general topic, what are your thoughts about the Akashic Records? Oh, do we want to have the Akashic Records conversation? <laughs> I, I think that there is... I do, I do believe that there is something like the Akashic Records mm -hmm. out there. I mean, even within the, the lore of our own coven tradition, yes. you know, we have the work that the, that the Watchers, that the, that the Grigori do. You know, that's, in essence, that's what they do. They, they maintain and they keep the Akashic Records, you know, the great record of all that is. Um, but I don't know that I believe that those are things that humans can access. Exactly. I mean, can you imagine, like, like what kind of godlike power would we have as humans if we had free access to something like that? Well, not only that, not only that, these people who are saying that I can, I do Akashic record readings. Really? So you have the power to delve into my soul and read all that I am, have, or ever will be? Yeah, if you've ever gone to meet with somebody who's told you that they, they do Akashic record reading, that person has lied to you. A lot of people use Akashic record reading as a fancy term, because this is one thing you notice in the Lightworker New Age community. The bigger the word or the more words they use, the more clout they have. A lot of people will do, I do Akashic record readings. Okay, so do you do past life readings? Well, yeah, that's what the Akashic records are. No. No. The Akashic Records are so much more than that. And that just, once again, proves that New Age lightworkers and just lightworkers in general are just superficial. I was online the other day and I just saw this whole, like, shaman, sonic sound, light vibration meditation. And I was like, that's a lot of really fancy words for you're, you're white guy doing sound bowls. You 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 you, you, you <laughs> forgot the word quantum. Oh yes, quantum. Like I said, I was some blue-eyed blonde white dude using the word shaman, oh, oh, or, or oh. white woman using the word shaman. I, oh. I see that, and I just always want to go. Like I just want to grab these people and just. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, like, and then I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of like breath work. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Well, there is that, but also they're passing something off like that, like that's like, you know, like this is a part of new age belief or practice, and it's like, I'm sorry, but ancient yogis have been doing breath work for thousands of years. Like, give me yeah, a break. always some um, white bitch. That Ugh. messiah complex they all seem to adopt. <laughs> Every single one of them. Every single one of them has that messiah savior complex. No, yes, that's true, but I also want, for, for everybody that is listening, I want to give you an advice. Every time you see something, you know, from the new age community, right, um, or light worker community, however you want to call it, um, spiritual, 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 well, anything like that, right? Do a research, and you will find out that that is part of a much, much older tradition or culture that probably they have appropriated. Mm -hmm. Most likely. Mm -hmm. So so much of what's done in the New Age community really is it's it's spiritual practice stolen from indigenous people, mm -hmm. and it's 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 so wrong and it's very sad. And uh, there's a lot of disrespect and entitlement I find in that community. Oh oh, so uh, much so much the, 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 these people who are, well, sage comes from the earth, white sage comes from the earth, so I'm gonna use it. Okay, <laughs> well, Karen, let's talk about this because. You're not doing it properly. Well, you burn it to cleanse negative spirits. No, that's not what you do. And I can't tell you how many people a day come to the shop, ask me that, and, and 
And they're like, there's just evil spirits in my house and I can't keep them out no matter how much sage I burn. And I'm like, that's why. <laughs> my favorite is seeing them do like two handfuls of like sage bundles. And I'm like, if, yeah, I'm like, if one's not working, maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of your clue that that's the wrong thing I just, to I just get so <laughs> sick of it. I get so sick of it. And, you know, I will be the first to admit that there's, if you're using sage properly and with respect and ceremonially, cer- ceremonially, and you've been trained on how to use it, I mean trained, not read a book, not had a friend of a friend of a friend who had a friend who knew the shaman of the tribe that you're using it from, doesn't, that, that doesn't mean shit. You need to learn directly from the person. Yeah, one thing that I want to add to this, it's like you got to recognize that every plant, every living thing has a spirit, has a soul, right? That being said, those kind of herbs like sage will not work for you for two different reasons. First of all, you have not created a connection with the spirit of that plant or that herb. Second, you have not shown the respect. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically. It's about probably the light worker community that has abused and used the sage. Bastardized it. Right? And it's, no, sage is for everything. No, that's not true. That's not right. You know, that is an insult. Sorry. I'm getting a little bit passionate well, about should. this. You should. You are uh, an indigenous man. You have uh, a right to be angry about this. So uh, get him, Vlad. Yeah, it, you are. You have disrespected the spirit of the herb, which means you have disrespected the spirit of Terra, Gaia, every kind of earth goddess that is out there, right? So you have disrespected. So obviously, it's not going to work for you. Right? So if you're going to use sage, let me give you this small advice. Don't. 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 <laughs> right? There are other ways to do things. Not, sage is not for everything. It is not. Rent done. I, I didn't think that we were going to go so hard and heavy at the Lightworkers this early into our podcast, but maybe it's better we're getting this off, out of the way now. I mean, those of you who decide to stick with us and listen to future episodes are we're definitely not supportive of the light worker community, and you'll probably hear a shit all over the light worker community again at some point because they ruin everything. Not just that, I see them. It's, and I'm probably going to mention this in every podcast, but it's uh, light workers. I notice a lot. It's that easy button. It's like, oh, just do this, and it's done. Yeah. And it's like that's not. They how that don't works. actually want to do the work. Yeah. And spiritual children. There is There's... no easy button in uh, witchcraft. Well. It's <laughs> okay. I, I think I think uh, yeah. I think that it's more like you. They are being superficially spiritual. Right? It's trendy, and yeah, yeah. It is yeah. It is trendy, but it's not new age. It's not new. No, none of you invented it. This comes from the old ways, from the old days. You know. So, start acknowledging all that. And respecting it. And here's the thing. Just because you acknowledge it doesn't mean you know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, we have these... I'm keeping track. He's dropped four F-bombs so far. Really? I thought I dropped more. Are we going to have to start beeping me out? We're probably going to start beeping you out. 
Oh, that's fine. You're just not family friendly. Oscar. I'm not a family friendly person. We're not trying to be family yeah. friendly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, we have these, these, these things, these practices, these, these. Um. I'll give a good example. Reiki. Everyone and their dog is a Reiki master now. Okay. Uh, people come in the shop. Well, I'm a Reiki master. I know what I'm doing. Really? Because I asked you what your grounding practice looks like, and your response was, "What? What's that?" So first off, this is a practice that dates back and has been being used longer bef- longer than a sui, okay? And so, and when you would go and you would train to do these healing techniques, it wasn't a two-day intensive. It wasn't a two-day intensive and boom, here's your little piece of paper. I waved my hands over you and now you're... A Reiki master. That's not how that fucking works. Now, here's the thing. Can can that training and that knowledge be passed down, particularly Reiki 1, passed down quickly? Yes. Is it going to be efficient? Depending on the teacher, sure. But once again, that's left up to the practitioner. You know? I could I could sit down, I could tell you this is the symbol, this symbol does this, this symbol does this, here's your thing, da 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 da. And if you're not doing the work, it is not going to work for you. Period. And that goes for everything. That goes for witchcraft. That goes for working with deities. That goes, that goes for everything. That goes for fucking crystals. That just goes on to plain old living. Just plain old living. Crystals, okay? Uh, people, uh, this crystal will protect me from all these evil things. We've ramped them up now. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have. Uh, uh, well, let me tell you this. M- maybe uh, this also will help. In every practice that you do, spiritual practice, witchcraft, grounding is the most essential practice. So it's square one. Yes. If you cannot ground, you cannot heal. Getting to your higher self is not going to connect you to anything. It's just going to make you even more disconnected to everything. You cannot fucking raise your vibration. Sorry. Seven, eight, however many. Y'all can't keep in count. We should have a tally in this episode. I think podcast, it doesn't matter if you swear. It doesn't. Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. We have to label it explicit, but uh, it's about uh, it. I'm trying to be nice. I'm just staying away oh. from other words. I'm not trying to be nice. Well, I'm, I'm saying, uh, speak speaking respectfully, that's what I'm trying to do, right? You know. Oh, yeah, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, our practices are, are, are founded by our grounding. Because grounding is not just, I am connected to earth, and that's it. Grounding has a more, much bigger purpose. It's creating an energetic circuit between you, the spirit of the earth, and the powers therein. And then if you're doing it effectively to open yourself up, the celestial realms above. Yes. It helps you heal, it helps you cleanse, and it helps you, you know, have a, a, like a stream flow of energy. You will be constantly through you. You will be safer if you are well grounded than if you have tourmaline encrusted into your third eye. Yeah, but this is the thing. You were talking about crystals, right? Mm-hmm. 
Crystal don't do nothing for you. No, they don't. They assist you. But if you do not do the work, your work, Crystal is not going to do nothing. <laughs> it's like hiring a secretary without giving them any training. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my personality. I don't know how to type, though. <laughs> the most ineffective personal assistant ever. So, here's all my qualifications. This is what I do. What would you like me to do? I don't know. Figure it out. Uh. <laughs> Why? Does anybody else know this? Since I, we're talking about crystals now, and again, kind of a random question. We're 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 over an hour now into our podcast time, but that's okay. Um, does anybody notice that a lot of the people these days that are looking for crystals don't know anything about crystals? Like they're uh-huh. just like. They're just on this mission just to like to buy as many as possible without really knowing what it is they're doing or where they're coming from. I'll admit you know? I did that at the beginning, but I also well, really I think like it, shiny I think it's things. Very much, yeah, that's what it is. I think it's very much just a part of the process, right? You're like, like oh, shiny. You know, like, I can totally get behind, ooh, shiny. I can totally do that. But but I don't know, but particularly when you're, you're coming into a, you know, like, a, like a shop like the one that we all kind of work in, you know, um, you know, like if you're gonna go and you're gonna invest money on that, particularly something that's kind of expensive, yeah. like shouldn't you have some idea of what exactly that thing it's is It's kind of like, oh, should I have this? Everyone else does, and it's like, well, do you want it? Do you connect with it? Uh, yeah. Then why are you buying it? Like, yeah. Okay. yeah, I just, I was just wondering if anybody else had noticed that. I've noticed that. I mean, that's been the case forever, yeah. but, but it seems to be something yeah. that's kind of like becoming, like it's increasing again. This, this kind of mindset. Yeah. Hmm. Well, does anybody have? Anything else they want to add before we Apparently I got up to eight or nine F-bombs. Oh, well, I'm glad you were keeping count. Apparently I, I was falling I was behind. keeping count. Oh, okay. I was falling behind, apparently. Okay. Austin ended up talking <laughs> a lot more in this podcast. I think he, he's going to... We're going to have to... We're going to have to edit him out more in future, I think. <laughs> just because it's... I actually don't think he talked as much as he did last time. Oh, I think it was much, evenly. Almost. You were a bit quiet this time, Michael. So, I, I was a bit quiet. Maybe I'm tired. It was like, again, it was like a long day. <laughs> yeah. Mm. A long week. Don't yeah. ask me questions and not expect me not to respond. Long <laughs> <laughs> oh, anger eyes. <laughs> we, need to, we need to hear less from you right now. I kind of want to hear me talking right now. Um, does anybody have anything they want to add before we, we call our, our, our second podcast episode? Well, a reminder working with deities. Offerings. Honor them. Try to connect with them. Don't ask for anything. Research, connection, respect. Remember that you do not have to work with deities. That is your choice. Just decline it respectfully. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't yeah, don't kick mud in a deity's eye. That's definitely not a good idea. But yeah, but you are a sovereign being. You do not need the assistance of a deity to be a witch. Exactly. It's always good to start your path with your own work, evolving, getting stronger and more knowledgeable. The rest will come. Austin? I, I, I guess he, he just... Austin forgot how to talk. Oh my god, Austin, are you there? Austin, come back. <laughs> Well, Austin's left the building. And, Don't be uh, dumb. <laughs> I'm talking to me or our listeners. I'm talking. I'm talking in, in respect in, in, in response to the deities. De- I mean, it could be both. When you're working, when you're working with deities, 
honestly, don't be dumb. If you're not going to do it to someone you respect, don't do it to a deity. Or commit. Yeah, and don't commit. If, if you know that you are not going to be able to follow through with actually working with this energy, just don't do it. You're going to cause yourself more problems and more trouble than you probably can handle. Be smart about it. Well, all right. I'd like to thank everybody for spending the last hour and 10 minutes with us. Hopefully you enjoyed our, our second podcast. We're still fine-tuning and tweaking the process, but uh, I actually kind of like our, our messy, chaotic, like, just... That's kind of who we are. Right? Just <laughs> and Podcast like, should yeah. be entertaining, because yeah, exactly. there's, no, there's exactly nothing weird. more boring than sitting and just listening to someone ramble. Well, the thing else about this is that we're being real. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So. Talking amongst friends. Mm-hmm. If I want a lecture, I'll pay for a college class. Exactly. Although I think we did kind of give a little bit of a lecture tonight. Yeah, and a rent. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Um, please stay tuned for future podcasts. And uh, please feel free to contact us at any of our social media feeds to give us suggestions on subjects that you might like to discuss. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, I'm missing one. We have a website. Anyway. Just places. We're, we're, we're there. We're, we're in places. Um, just not we're, Twitter. Because we're just not on Twitter. And I think the... Well, now that the orange idiot is off Twitter, maybe we should set up a Twitter account. I was determined that the shop wouldn't have one as long as No, that's a lot Trump of work. Had a there. Yeah, Twitter. You already have so much to do. And if there's anybody who's a, a supporter of Trump who is just offended by what I just said, fuck Trump and fuck you. Yep, fuck off. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. Oh, Vlad's keeping count. Now we're up to what? 11? 12? 10 for me. 10 for you? Uh, and I one, think it's and 10. One for me. Yeah, one for Michael. I think you said two. I don't know. If you're listening to this podcast... Oh, yeah, you did. Here's here's a little... Here, If you're listening to this podcast, take note of how many times I drop the F-bomb. Then, message us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. I'll have a gift for you. Oh, we'll do a raffle. Cool. Count the swings. The F-U raffle. It's the F-U raffle. (laughs) I'll make a special incense blend that's just F-U. The F-U incense blend? Yeah. I'd buy it. Yeah. And let us know if you have any suggestions or ideas for us to talk about in this podcast. Let us know. Yes. We would very much like to hear from you uh, in whatever capacity or in whatever way, uh, because this this podcast really is primarily about you and your spirituality and what we can do to help you. So thank you so much from everybody here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.